the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're defeated by Alexander, Alexander the Great. The Great. Yeah. And so then you, Rome. Mm-hmm. So we're not far. We're not far from Jesus. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, we're not. Closer. We're we're we're. Uh, you can, you could just see the wisdom uh, yes. uh, and the plan of God in that sense. Choosing that little plot of land mm-hmm. uh, is, is and Israel in that sense the the real, uh, ultimately spiritual is heaven mm-hmm. itself right, right. Uh, where the people is a symbol of the, the broader uh, a symbol of the broader um, reality of the follow after there are pictures of uh, they're like you said a parable yeah. in a way the people of God from every nation. Right, the, the people are a picture of the people. Of Our ultimate destination, destiny as God's people is heaven. It's a, it, it is a very, it's very difficult because a lot of people um, interpret a lot of the in biblical interpretation, particularly since the early or mid 1800s has um, dispensational you know, under Schofield and others that began to have an influence at that time. The new idea, up until that time, it was clearly understood right. that, that that when you read the Bible, when it talks about Israel, you have to be careful about what you understand and think that uh, the, 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 those who have wrestled with God in one, mm-hmm. they have come to redem- wow. redemption and the relationship with God, uh, remember, at first it was the name of Jacob. Right. His name was changed to Israel. And then you have the children of Israel, the 12 tribes mm-hmm. of Israel. And then you have the the nation, the people group of Israel that God established and, and uh, started at the base of Mount Sinai as they came out of Egypt. And they began the, the people group, and the kingdom of God was much bigger it than ha- just the people group. It, it would have that to it, be by the sheer existence that other people exist. Yeah, and their role to. was to mm-hmm. be a shining example of the worship of the true and living God in a world given over to idolatry and right. the worship of right. false gods yeah. and uh, many gods and all this sort of thing, uh, like as in Egypt, for example, and, and these other lands. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was always under. Understood by, by the prophets and others, and they always referred to Israel in that sense of the broader sense of meaning all of those who in, who follow after God, who love God, who respond with faith and longing toward God. Uh, that is the truest meaning. But we do have this nation group, people group example mm-hmm. that God uses here of His judgment upon them. Uh, and discipline of them as a nation and people, but then primarily through the ministry and the message of redemption found in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said, while, you said it while ago, we're coming close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is close to a pivotal point in the, in the kingdom of God, God's love for all of humanity and his uh, purchase of redemption for every human being on the planet from every nation, every people group, every language. And that really explodes out of Israel 
in in the uh, time of the Messiah. He is the one that when when uh, depri- deprivation of food and water, and they were reduced to horrible things they had to do in order to just survive. Um, and, and thousands, thousands died, done for them and in them and with them and through them, his plan for them. And so they were destroyed. Now, so right here in the middle of this, Jeremiah is, he's told, uh, your cousin Hanamel, son of Shalom, will come to you and say, uh, why don't you buy my field at Anathoth? Remember, Jeremiah, different tribes. The Lord told him to buy this field already behind enemy lines and he, that he knows is going to be taken over and uh, ruled for at least 70 years now by the Babylonians. But in faith, Jeremiah obeys this command. He purchased this land to communicate the idea that we are going to be restored. Mm-hmm. This land will come back to us. And uh, the, the Lord of Heaven's army said, take both this sealed deed and the unsealed copy and put them into a pottery jar to preserve them for a long time because he said someday people will again own property here in this land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and fields. And so this purchase becomes a message uh, and a signal to from Jeremiah to the people an example that we will indeed be restored, uh, which was a prediction that, terribly hard to to believe because emperors did not do this. Uh, They usually took, it was a permanent exile Mm -hmm. and the land uh, is destroyed and taken from them. But uh, prediction, uh, God is predicting and making it clear that Jerusalem will again um, fall, but then again it will be restored. Uh, God will restore the people. And that of course is fulfilled uh, as we're going to see in the life of Ezekiel, and the next major uh, work that we're going to see, Ezekiel will be a preacher or prophet from Babylon. He will be, again, reinforcing this, that we are going to be restored back to the land. It looks like uh, over 4,000 were deported uh, to Babylon during the 70 years of exile. So we see that, and we see a prayer. We'll come back and look at the prayer of Jeremiah. It's very, very interesting prayer in chapter 33. So we'll look at that when we come back from our break here. You can give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe your thoughts about Jerusalem, uh, what happened here and this uh, Tishbaav, this ninth of the month of Av, some terrible things happened to Israel historically on this very same date through history. Uh, in fact, when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, it was also on the same date, Tishbaav, the ninth of Av, and some other terrible things have happened. So it's a, it's a, quite an interesting date, just as this is an interesting date, That's September the, yeah. the 11th, yeah. 9-11. Uh, what is it, Twenty. 21 years 21 ago. Year. Nation, our own land, the world we... Dennis for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590 I know you think that you are too far gone. 
There we go. We are back. This is the Bible Live, and uh, we are returned now from our break. We're going to continue our consideration of the book of Jeremiah, and uh, we're going to refer a little bit to the book of Ezekiel as well, because at the same time Jeremiah, Stacy is in Jerusalem right. dealing with the people there and calling them to repentance and declaring to them their 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 destiny, their death that they're going to be in, in, indeed uh, destroyed, d- destroyed defeated, and uh, and Judged. so on. But yeah. speaking of hope, you know, coming, uh, being restored, uh, always with that little message of hope uh, at the end. Well, at the same time, uh, he is over in Ezekiel. Jerusalem doing that. Ezekiel, uh, uh-huh. he, who was taken in, in the exile, <clears throat> Ezekiel is over in Babylon, Delivering more or less the same message, uh, the, of course, and they do have a, a message or two, uh, <clears throat> a letter or two that goes back and forth between them. But it's far too many sil- similarities uh, to have been explained that way. They, uh, it, it seems clear that God was communicating to these two great. The role has become far more limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're representative of the people. They kind of are a symbol of the national right. sovereignty right. and freedom and so on. And I guess, but just as far as Elizabeth and the Elizabeth, the second Elizabethan age, but, um, I mean, really, it's the World War II generation. I mean, it's the, the great mm-hmm. generation. That too, they that are, too. Uh, I think, the youngest now are probably in their 90s. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is a, it's a loss. I, I feel that. That's um, so sad to me. And, and it's, I think, also so relevant. I mean, just even then looking sure. at, in Scripture and so much is talked about, you know, the sins of the generation and, and the children are going to be experiencing yeah, a lot uh, of the uh, Jeremiah judgment. mentions that. Um, Where is that? He mm-hmm. says, uh, uh, I, I was reading that a little earlier today. He, mm-hmm. he talks about, um, what was that? Where he says the... I am the Lord. You, uh, yeah, he, uh, he talks about how he is good and he's slow to anger, and he uh, at the same time he mm-hmm. judges and uh, you you show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. Mm-hmm. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people and you give them what they deserve. Um, but that's that is Franklin says God still rules in the affairs of men and nations, and uh, always, I, I would say, always, I, I believe scripturally this is valid and true. That we we may wonder today how how does God judge nations today? Mm-hmm. You know what on what what are the what are the uh, reasons that God would judge a nation? What what are the on what basis does God judge? And I think even in the Hebrew Scriptures, it uh, so often we read only the part, we understand only the part that God judges because they either obey him or don't obey him. They're either wicked or not, or, or good. They either you know, worship idols and do all of that, terrible things, and uh, or they 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 don't. And, and of course, some of that is true. There was a wickedness about Israel in this time that, but this was a long decline. This didn't happen in a moment. This was, uh, 
as we've often said, God, one thing we see about God in his judgment uh, on nations is that he always warns, always there's warning. And they were warned for well over 100 years under Isaiah and Jeremiah. They were warned and warned and warned. And so there's always a warning, but also that that the, the redemptive plan of God is also fundamental in this. And we have to acknowledge that as well, because um, it's not just that they were wicked and terrible and God judged them. And that's not only reason that God might judge right. a nation today. How are we as a nation fitting into the redemptive plan of God for all of humanity? Mm-hmm. Are we truly worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Are we, are we living and being just and being honest and being truthful and be, you know all the things that we attach with with living out our faith as a people now now most people in america are not believers They're, so we're never going to be like the huge majority it's always going to be a remnant i, I assume but god looks at his people and are we living for him are we praying are we seeking his face are we repenting are we humbling ourselves yeah, and you kind him? of also get this sense of are 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 we um fruit are we fruitful are they to release this the any hebrew mm-hmm. servants we say slaves but it was indentured servants or uh, indentured um work contract with people and they uh and they were not every seven years they were to re- free those from their obligations of indentured service servitude, uh, but and they they made the decision to do that to go back and obey God, and then uh, the king turns it over again. He he goes back and they they take them back into bondage. So you have that in its list. It is for that reason. That's one of the reasons given for judgment of, on them. It, but it was really a series. They just totally walked away from their relationship with the true and living God. They just totally walked away from any of his command. They, uh, another reason is mentioned, the, the sacri- they involved in children's sacrifice uh, to, uh, to idols and to false gods, uh, worship of idols and false gods. There, there was also the land, every seven years was to land, the land was to lie follow. And they didn't do that. And that's one of the reasons it's often it's mentioned that's why it's 70 years, because for the number of years that you did not obey that. Uh, and so that would that would mean someone somewhere uh, seven years times a lot of years. <laughs> I won't do the math here on the air. But uh, so you, there, I think there was just a, a number of different reasons. Um, but just they were in a wholesale total decline. They were just spiraling away from God. And they they rejected the prophets. They rejected the message. They and um, everything they did, they disobeyed. They did not want to uh, give in to Nebuchadnezzar. They kept looking for uh, uh, Egypt. They were going to get help from Egypt to form treaties and alliances instead of trusting God. And our hope is in Him. They went to trusting their relation, their military or their finances or their economy or other milita- uh, political alliances. So it, they were just, it was a terrible time for Israel at this. And, of course, this was a terrible time of suffering uh, for them uh, as a nation uh, with thousands being killed and slaughtered uh, and terrible suffering during the siege. And, and then, of course taken out of the land and having to flee the land. 
the land did indeed lie fallow for a while now. Uh, God did accomplish that. Uh, one of the things I, I thought we might look at here is after this Jeremiah's uh, purchase of the land, his real estate deal, he bought land behind the behind enemy lines already that had already been taken as a symbol or as, as, a, as a message that we will be restored to the land. Then you have Jeremiah's prayer, and it's so amazing. I, I find it so instructive. Here is the prayer. We have all of this reality, mm-hmm. the falling into you know, sin and decline of the land and rejection of God. And, 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 you, and you have this prayer, which is, I think, fairly instructive about uh, God and his ways and what he was doing. Uh, how, how about it, Stacy? Would would you mind reading a little bit of that prayer? It's in chapter thirty-two, starting in verse seventeen. That's right. Okay, let's see. Then after I had given the papers to Baruch, I prayed to the Lord, O Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And this is where he talks about the generations. You're, you mm. show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. Getting some feedback. I don't know if y'all are hearing that as well. <laughs> were you hearing that? I don't know. Uh, you are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people, and you give them what they deserve. Um, you brought Israel out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, with a strong hand and powerful <coughs> arm, and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land that you had promised their ancestors long before, a land flowing with milk and honey. Our ancestors came and conquered it and lived in it, but they refused to obey you or follow your word. They have not done anything you commanded. That is why you have sent this terrible disaster upon them. See how the siege ramps have been built against the city walls. Through war, famine, and disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who will conquer it. Everything has happened just as you said. And yet, O Sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Yeah, it's, you see the dynamic here, God's man, God's prophet here. You know, I find it so difficult that usually there's there's a remnant spoken of. There are, and and I'm just kind of guessing in a way that there may be were some people that loved God and responded to Jeremiah's message. Yeah. And you, you kind of find it hard to believe that there weren't anyone. But there is a passage that I read that said that there was even one. Right. You know, I would. Well, what, so, I mean, uh, that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, they were all yeah, removed. Many of them were removed. Mm-hmm. That may so well that be. And that kind of shows here, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. that 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 um, on, on one hand, uh, you are loving and kind and forgiving and gracious and you also though show judgment and and you're perfect in that judgment Mm -hmm. nothing anybody gets isn't what they deserve you are and i think that uh you can just probably see how god orchestrated and worked out that everybody is exactly where they are meant to be um as far as so so daniel you know they could probably wasn't very fun getting Captured and taken to Babylon, but and yet God used, used their them. influence over these the uh, kings and right. the leaders of Babylon right. 
Uh, even Nebuchadnezzar at some level was favorably impressed they with were, Daniel and his, their faith and, and his God. Mm-hmm. And they were much better off there than they were to still be in Jerusalem. And, yeah, and, and then they were dist- they were restored. Yeah. And yeah. I, I guess that's why, you know, Jeremiah is in a very good position to say, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plans to mm-hmm. promise for you and give you a hope and a future. In other words, um, you know, Jeremiah has, I think, that great, that bird's eye view of all that's going on and all the players and the, all of the, uh, you know, all of the consequences, I guess, and the reward. And and so Jeremiah seems to be focusing now on, on the hope that, I mean, the the disaster, the suffering, and the judgment of God on the, it is pretty much already set. And right. The, the, the siege uh, ladders have been put against the wall. The, they're surrounded by Babylon. So that's that's a given. So now he begins to focus on the that uh, uh, right. on the restoration. Oh, and yeah. and you have to be careful. If you're, as you're reading this, you have to understand. So Ezekiel is going to be talking, uh, writing with Jer- to Jeremiah. Uh-huh. Preach. I'm so he a street was, preacher. Yeah, so and he's he telling the people not had any kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, he would not the Babylonian mm-hmm. would they so I, I guess he wouldn't necessarily miss ultimately and the reason but he won't see it and that is because uh, Zedekiah yeah, did have his eyes that's what I was going to mention is that right. th- we find out he he just says he he will be taken into exile and brought to Babylon but he will not see it mm-hmm. and We're not it's sure. a little detail and you think right? what does that mean but later on if we look in Jeremiah here we see the historical context. Zedekiah was indeed captured, mm-hmm. and he describes uh, 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 Jeremiah uh, here describes the actual capture. Yeah. Uh, he uses a hole in the wall, or is it? It is Ezekiel thirty-two, thirty-three. Uh, there's a warning uh, for Zedekiah. Um, I'm about to send, hand the city over to the king of Babylon. He will burn it down. You will not escape his grasp, but will be captured and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. Then you will be exiled to Babylon. Um, you will kill. You will die peacefully. Uh, people will burn incense in your memory and so on. Uh, so Jeremiah t- tells that same prediction, but he doesn't mention the fact that but you'll be brought to Babylon, but you won't see it. It's Ezekiel who mentions that detail. Uh, freedom for Hebrew slaves. And when we're going to come to the, this um, time when Jeremiah releases a message, he writes his message down on paper, and it is delivered to the king uh, by his servant. Jeremiah is in prison, and uh, Baruch goes and reads the Lord's messages to the king. And the king, uh, this is Jehoiakim, every time... Well, we'll see his re- reaction, his response to the message. Well, it, it's very telling here. In chapter 36, uh, maybe I'll put that out there. How did, right. as a question, how did King Jehoiakim respond to Jeremiah's message that was delivered to him, mm-hmm. written on a scroll? It was delivered to, delivered to him by Jeremiah's uh, assistant and servant um, Baruch. And how did the king respond to Jeremiah's message when it was read to him uh, there in the palace? If you can answer that question, give us a call, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. The Bible Live will return right after these messages. In his great mercy. 
Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right. <laughs> Clap your hands, stomp your feet, you tap your toes a little bit. Fly away. We are back. This is our final segment of the Bible Live broadcast. We're considering, uh, we're, we're going to have to move along here a little. I, I, I was telling Stacy, I feel like I'm being too verbose here. Uh, We've got to move forward. But there's there's just so many wonderful stories. That going. That what is going on here is so dramatic in, in Jerusalem as they face uh, the destruction of the city and, and called into exile that we're taking. Uh, I'm spending a little bit too much time on that. So we're going to kind of speed up a bit. But first, we're going to take a call. From Michael, who is calling in, uh, maybe Michael is going to help us by answering <clears throat> the question I said about wh- how did the king respond to uh, Jeremiah's message when it was delivered to him? Is that what you wanted to do, Michael? Yeah, he didn't like it. He threw it into the fire. Exactly right. That was so funny. It was in the fall of the year, and it makes a point of saying that the uh, <laughs> that there was a fire in the palace, <clears throat> and every time he would read <clears throat> a, a portion of the scroll, uh, a certain portion, he would cut it off and throw, tear it up and throw it into the fire. And just, uh, just <laughs> Stacy, Stacy's response when she saw that was, "What a jerk!" <laughs> but, but it was just, it was typical. That was really typical of where the people were. It's just a terrible time spiritually for the nation, of course, and as God's judgment here takes place on them, it's a terrible time of suffering and difficulty. Well, I appreciate you calling. How did you know that detail, or did you look it up? No, I, I read I read the book of Jeremiah a while back, and I remembered that. Yeah. I forgot about, I forgot about him cutting it out. And then also, didn't, didn't God instruct Jeremiah to rewrite it? Oh, yeah, he did. And Baruch uh, carries his message back. He carries the, uh, the, the revised or the new version, I guess. I don't know what we'd call it. The copy of his message, he carries that back to the king. And um, they, they keep the scroll for safekeeping in this case. But <coughs> would you, uh, what Jehoiakim burns it? Oh, yeah. Another man read it to him, and Jehoiakim burned it. They stored it away for a while, uh, 
but then the king found it and burned it. So Jeremiah rewrites this. And here we go. Chapter 36, he rewrites the scroll. And Baruch delivers it. And, uh, yeah, you're right there. He did rewrite it. Did this he, this he, is just he, a terrible time. Did he not did he keep it that time? I think what's just so interesting is as if you can just tear up God's word. As if putting it in the fire means it doesn't exist. It it's, doesn't, it's not going to happen. Right, it doesn't exist right, now. Which but. is a, I don't know if I feel sorry for him, if I think he's just rude or, um, or just how, uh, what's, um, how ignorant, you know, yeah. how, or how extreme denial, how, yes. you know, and, uh, I get in, in unbelief, just totally unbelief. And because they had given in to the message of the false prophets that were saying, Oh, we're all right. right, right. We're like a roast in the pot. We're going to be protected by the pot here. And and uh, they just this was a terrible time of decline uh, in, in, the, in the history of Israel, which which had many times of difficulty, times of the judges and others, too. But uh, this was a terrible time. Listen, Michael, I would love to give you a, a gift from our from the ministry here. Would I wonder if you'd like to receive uh, this set of books called God Understands. Uh, from passages of scriptures that can be used to uh, in our own lives or used in ministry to other people when they go through different uh, downtimes, when they feel angry, they have, they have fear, uh, when they feel life is meaningless and so on. I wonder if we could uh, gift you with a copy of this these uh, this series of books. W- would that be something you would enjoy? Absolutely. That would be awesome. Thank you Good. so much. Well, I, I'm going to keep your phone number here. I'm going to give you a call and figure, and I'll figure out how I can uh, get that in the mail to you this week. And uh, we thank you for calling in, being a part of the program. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. God uh-huh. bless. Have a good night now. Well, that's, there that's we go. A, that's um excellent recall. As yeah, well. I, yeah. I read Jeremiah a while back, and, and I reading that the scriptures. Part. I'm just so well happy done, to hear Michael. someone reading through the scriptures. We know that the. Uh, Polls and surveys tell us that fewer and fewer people are actually reading the scriptures yeah. uh, anymore, or, or or maybe maybe they're all listening to it on audio by on <laughs> books or count. something. But I don't I don't know. Well, we see th- what's going on here. Jeremiah is put down in a cistern. He is uh, put in stocks. He's put in prison. Now Zedekiah uh, puts. Uh, he he puts him in prison, but he takes him out of the common prison where he was, and puts him in the prison in, in, in the in the palace, and he makes sure he has bread to eat as long as there is bread to eat. He says, so um, a lot of this is going on in chapter nine, chapter thirty nine. I'm sorry, records the fall of Jerusalem. Uh, the city ultimately falls to the siege, a terrible time of suffering, much death. And uh, Jeremiah remains in Judah. He is offered the chance to go back to Babylon as a person, uh, uh, an honored guest of the uh, of the emperor of Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, he's offered the opportunity to go back. He'd live in peace. He would live. He would be prosperous. He'd be taken care of. But he rejects that, choosing instead to stay with his people. That's that's a fascinating thing in chapter 39, just a fascinating um, end to the ministry of Jeremiah. He's given a chance to um, to go and be safe, but he stays there in Judah. He's put under the care of Gedaliah, the son of 
Aim Kam. Um, I can't see that really well. Ahikam, Ahikam, grandson of um, Shepham, who took him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people instead of being safe back. Uh, and then he was a Jedek. Get a mm, Gedaliah is assassinated by the rebels. Uh, those are still rebelling against God and against his plan for them. Uh, there is a plot against him, and he is killed uh, in chapter 41. He is assassinated, and then um, they are warned, don't go, into Jer- don't go to Egypt. Uh, Jeremiah again tells them, do not, but they, they not only go into Egypt, but they kidnap uh, Jeremiah. And they take him down into Egypt, where it is believed that was where he died in Egypt. Um, so the, I mean, it's into a terrible tale. Uh, the so the suffering, did, the judgment to, of God to his land. Well, uh, I don't know if we're ever told what happens to his land. He still has the deed. Remember, he put it in a clay jar mm-hmm. to be preserved. And so, remember, when they are restored to the land, mm-hmm. the people go back. Uh, those who go back to Jerusalem, many of them, they have to, they, that's why they have these, um, the genealogies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't only because of they were remembering that their covenant relationship with God, but these people were going back to reclaim their homes, mm-hmm. and they had to prove who they were, and that I, I did indeed, this was my family's possession and land and home. And so I'm, I'm guessing uh, that Jeremiah's land evidently got passed on to his family or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's a good question because uh, uh, it was used as an object lesson right. for Jeremiah and those he, a message for the people there. Right. Uh, but I, I don't know that we're ever told what happens mm-hmm. to that plot of land in Anathoth. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's just interesting that when it did uh, happen that some of, some of the poorest people were allowed to stay behind and they were assigned to care for the vineyards and Interesting, the fields. Interesting, yeah. And uh, that's just in it. You know, so much of it is, of course, literal. I mean, it is happening. Mm-hmm. But it also is symbolic in just like the purchase of the land. Yeah. And uh, there's... You think of there's something there. Yeah, there's <laughs> something, there. something there. The the poor, the 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 the, the mm-hmm. those who were sick, the elderly, mm-hmm. many uh, were left. It, they certainly didn't want to leave anyone there that could lead a rebellion. Well, I, although I guess they did. <laughs> uh, well, well, Gedaliah, uh, they fled down into Egypt mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. But uh, the people that were left. Uh, intentionally by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, there were several instances, uh, examples of a, a little bit of kindness here. Uh, right. Nebuchadnezzar did try very hard to to give them an out, you know, to right. let them, but they just simply were not uh, ready to do that. They were not about to do that. Uh, but God had a plan that he, you know, he had taken Daniel and his friends and others to to uh, Babylon, and they had a positive impact on him and on the other successors to the, the Babylonian throne. Uh, if they'd wonder, obeyed God. At what point did Zedekiah think, oh, rats, <laughs> oh, I should have. You know, did you wonder if ever yeah, it, it did, did he ever repent, I guess, would be that. Did he ever? I don't think we're told that. We're told, uh, I think we're told about his death over in Babylon. Uh, but he was, he was. Treated with some respect over there. Mm-hmm. 
after his eyes were punched out. But um, respect or pity? Yeah, they, I think he was treated kind of as royalty or as, uh, respected in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see in chapter forty-six, then Jeremiah uh, messages continue to be delivered. <clears throat> this is the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah concerning the Philistines of Gaza before it was captured by the Egyptian by the Egyptian army. <clears throat> this is what the Lord says to them. And then God has a message for Moab uh, through Jeremiah. Through the Ammonites are also addressed in chapter 49. So there are messages about all of these surrounding nations as well as to how they treated God's people. <clears throat> and that they would suffer the consequences as well. They would experience judgment also uh, through um, through Babylon and through Nebuchadnezzar. So Babylon, uh, Jeremiah's messages were all about judgment. They were not happy, uh, and, and that's what we've uh, observed from the very beginning, that Jeremiah did not have a, a wonderful sunshine and, and lollipops message to give to the people. He delivered bravely, courageously, a very difficult message. He was true to his calling. Uh, He suffered a great deal for it in in his own life, but he was faithful in his ministry. And I think probably that's one of the most, most, one of the clearest lessons we gather from Jeremiah, this man and his his role in his ministry. Is, is faithfulness. Mm-hmm. God calls us to be faithful, not necessarily successful in uh, an earthly sense, you know, building a huge congregation and so on. I, I just attended uh, <clears throat> the birthday of a pastor here in the city. He had his 70th birthday this last year, and, and, and he has had a tremendous, wonderful ministry oh, over the years yeah, in our yeah. city. Uh, uh, and, but but it was he mentioned over and over again at, at the birthday celebration, uh, his congregation came to honor him and so on, and, and many pastors from around the city came to honor him as well and say thanks to him and it's great to work at your side as part of the people of God here in the city. Uh, but what was mentioned so very much more often than anything else was his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. He stayed with it. He stayed with it. Now. They have a, a wonderful congregation. They have a, a wonderful plant that God has given them, a, 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 a building that they, is used for God's glory and so on for worship. Uh, but that's a, a great message. The, the success in God's kingdom is not necessarily measured in, in the size or the numbers necessarily, but in the faithfulness that we have yes, to sir, his yes, And maybe there is also the, because uh, in this passage, I mean, Jeremiah does talk about great is thy faithfulness and lamentations, but yeah. also in Jeremiah, give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. Endures forever. And so, God's uh, faithfulness. His mm-hmm, faithfulness mm-hmm, is based mm-hmm. on God's faithfulness. That's right, yeah. right. He is faithful because he's serving a faithful God. Mm-hmm, exactly right. Well, let's go to our phones one more time and visit with another of our listeners. Uh, his name is Franklin. We've heard from Hi, Franklin before. Franklin. He's a great friend of the program. Good to hear from you, Franklin. How are you this evening? I am blessed thoroughly, and God bless you and all your family, Sophie. You're so nice. I'm so glad to be able to hear you and hear your voice and your messages. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's really, <laughs> it, it's just the Bible, isn't it? Uh, well, it, just. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, though. It's, uh, it's this amazing book. It's just astounding. It really is. It is. It's got everything in it you need to know to live a decent life. It surely does. And not only here on planet Earth, but on into eternity as well. That's well, exactly yes. Right. I, I, I don't know if we're going to have the Bible in heaven. I, I think we'll be able oh, to uh, mean. Yeah. Uh, go right straight to the source. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is true. Yeah. And uh, yeah. his word, though uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. I guess it is. Yeah. It is eternal. Well, good to hear from you. Did you I, have I, I, uh, yes, something? Yes, I, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to give you a little something to ponder on. Okay. I I am renowned for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, um, was Jehoiakim mm-hmm. uh, received uh, the uh, scroll from Jeremiah and threw it in the fire, Yes, there's a symbolism there that I think has escaped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You see, the fire was uh, Baal and Marduk were both gods of the fire. Yes. And so when he threw the word of God into the fire, it was like he was sacrificing the word of God to Baal. Mm. Very astute observation, and, and you're exactly right. The, that that was part of this total formula, part of his entire experience was the yeah. the idolatry and the worship and the following after false gods and the yeah. burning of their children in, in these fires. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, uh, sacrificing children, human sacrifice. You know, there's a little confusion on that, too, when they say pass through the fire. Uh, I know they sacrificed a, particularly babies yes. uh, to the fire gods. But uh, passing through the fire also, you, you find that in a lot of uh, pagan religions, they would go and they would jump through the fire. They wouldn't be burned up by the fire, mm-hmm. but it was a sign of their worship uh, of that particular god. Hmm. And so when you pass through the fire... Uh, it was a worship ritual. I, I yes, understand. it was. And and uh, uh, similar to the... Uh, the, the uh, uh, the the peoples of the Pacific Islands, uh, where uh, as part of their religious, they would walk across burning coals. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all passing seen that. through the fire. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that, and I, I had not related yeah. it to this uh, particular experience or phenomenon. Well, well, my mind is a vast warehouse of useless information. But. <laughs> no, that's not useless. That's interesting. Well, I think it's interesting that they, that uh, ultimately the city was destroyed, was burned. Was yes. Burned so much yes, so it was and, burned with fire. Mm-hmm, and yes. so you might see that, you know, in, in some ways God says, okay, I'm going to hand you over to that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hand you over to that. And, Sometimes uh, God's punishment is simply letting us experience right. the consequences of right. our own I do rebellion. Think, yes, and I do think yes, and, and and bringing the the uh, religion that you were per- supposedly right. uh, professing mm-hmm. uh, right down on your head. Yeah. That's right. Oh. <laughs> exactly. You want fire? I'll give you fire. That's right. <laughs> and then you see, though, juxtaposed over in Babylon, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, sure, they you know, pass through the fire. And huh? But in a, in a completely, when God gets involved, it just shows his dominion, you know, his power 
over that fire. And, uh, and that was so interesting, too, that particular, because uh, when Nebuchadnezzar, uh, I got to get that in there. I, I'm not very good on my cause, but, but uh, uh, saw them in the fire. He said there was a fourth person in there. And uh, he realized then that uh, their that God was the God. Mm-hmm. And yes. he still didn't get the message, but uh, he had to wander around for, what, seven years? <laughs> yeah, as a madness. Beast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There were, so yeah. God did. So, uh, there, if you look at this whole story with, with Daniel and his friends and, and, and their presence over in yeah. Babylon and what he, the favorite. <laughs> God used them somehow. There was a favoritism. They they looked on Israel at some level with some favor, with some favor, with some kindness, with a little bit of mercy, mm-hmm. and based yeah. on that, they were enabled to return to the land, which was unheard of. So you, you this was clearly obvious. Well, that wasn't under Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, that that was under uh, Darius, I think. Yeah, Darius the Great. Yeah, uh, and in yeah. Cyrus, uh, who later and on, Cyrus, who allowed yeah. them to return. Well, thank you yeah, so very it. much, Franklin, for calling. Uh, that's a good insight. Well, thank and, you for having your show. You I've bet. been a faithful listener for many years, and I, I I am I I hope that God restores you to perfect health. Oh, thank you, and, and, and that you can do this for many more years. Thank you, Frank. God you bless you. Are a wonderful friend, and I appreciate your prayers and well wishes. Good night to you. Okay. Have a great Have a great night's rest. All right, we are just about out of time. We're already. You want to say wind up anything on our considerations of Zechariah? I mean, <laughs> Zechariah Jeremiah. Stace. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, I mean, this was this. Um, this has been sitting on. I guess because of Queen Elizabeth, so it kind of relates. Maybe it just has to do with mm-hmm. sort of kings and queens and the coming and goings of great empires and of, and then of bringing very low what used to be so high, and uh, as far as. You know, you see uh, Zedekiah and his eyes, or, or you see that what used to be splendor in the land of Judah uh, used to be vineyards or fruits and grapes, or you mm-hmm. see wealth, or, you, you know, it talks about even in that Wikipedia page, there was vanilla that mm-hmm. wealthy people would have had, and it's all just burned and brought low. And, yeah. and you see, and it is sad to kind of see, to see the end of of a people that maybe at one point had been blessed, or had been yeah. great. And you think of um, these kids and kids. Anyways, I, I, I'm a C.S. Lewis fan. And so yeah. you know, C.S. Lewis was talking about the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, and he didn't go to it because it was the weather was bad and he didn't feel like getting dressed up. And he has, this is from his letters. And he wrote, though, about a month after the coronation, a letter to a friend reflecting on it. And he said this, and you know, over here people did not get that fairy tale feeling about the coronation. What impressed most who saw it was the fact that the queen herself appeared to be quite overwhelmed by the sacramental side of it. Hence, in the spectators, a feeling of, one hardly knows how to describe it, awe, pity, pathos, mystery, the pressing of that huge, heavy crown on that small, young head becomes a sort of symbol of the situation of humanity itself. Humanity called by God to be his vice-regent and high priest on earth, yet feeling so inadequate, as if he said, In my inexorable love I shall lay upon the dust that you are glories, 
and dangers and responsibilities beyond your understanding. Do you see what I mean? One has missed the whole point unless one feels that we have all been crowned and that coronation is somehow, if splendid, a tragic splendor. I just thought that was a, a neat um, a neat note. You know, it, it in many ways, that's, that's all of us. The, the blessings and the, uh, the responsibilities that he has laid on us on one mm-hmm. hand, um, you know, that we, we, we are mirrors, I think, of ultimately his glory and splendor, um, but also we're dust. We're dust. And I do think that there's a certain uh, admiration I have for the queen that, sure. although we don't particularly understand the, the, the monarchy here in our own country, but she did, in fact, was faithful. To her mission Absolutely. and to her calling right, right. so many years as well. Yeah. And uh, and it looks like, it seems that she was indeed a, fa- a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. So May we be found faithful. We May we be that Bible faithful. Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.